1: this January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions.
2: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek Paul with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower in the same room for once. We're ready to talk a little bit about this Los Angeles Rams 30-16 victory of the Detroit Lions. Oh, uh, wow, Norm. We were
3: there today. It was a long day for us. How you feeling? Oh, I got the whole Barry White voice going on today. <laughs> I, I lost my voice from yelling at the game. It was it was awesome fun. <laughs> so much fun. We have a special recording
2: just to share with you. Ready? Oh, uh, you want to do it now? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely.
3: All right, All right everybody. Here. This was this is what we were hearing at the end of the game in Detroit.
2: Courtesy of Michael Borick, who traveled up to the game himself. Uh, he was the man making the calls. Michael Borick, dude, that was awesome, man. We heard him rose up like, well, how, how many rose up? Where we from? He went like, at least fifteen we were, rose up. Uh, we were, yeah, fourteen no. rose up. Fourteen rose up. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, yeah, it was a really neat nice experience. The one thing I think we can really kind of stress, just having been there at the game today, this game is. It was against a four and seven team,
3: and. and, and you know, Rams fans showed up. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of Rams fans there, especially, I mean, we were on the Rams sideline about the 30-yard line, and uh, there were a ton of Rams fans around us. I mean, there was a group below us of probably 15 or 20 in one spot, but you look across the whole stadium, they were everywhere. It was awesome to see.
2: It was probably a little harder to see if you're watching on TV because their seats are dark blue, uh, which is a little weird because the, the Lions wear a powder blue uniform, but they, weren't, they had dark blue seats. Yeah, but it surprised me because every other Rams road game I've ever been to, I've seen a couple here and there. I went to a game in Cleveland uh, six years ago, and I think I saw three Rams fans, and I was one of them. So it's a big a big change for me to see the Rams on the road drawing Rams fans to travel. I I, Norm, I think we're starting to see a culture building around this team in L.A. now and around Sean McVeigh and people are traveling to see it.
3: Oh, yeah, there were... I I I hate to guess how many people but I would say there were well over a thousand Rams fans there if not more. And uh walking out of the stadium, you know, we had people, you know, screaming who's house and, you know, lucky they didn't get their asses kicked, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh <clears throat> it was a good time, a lot of a lot of Rams fans, a lot of old school jerseys. I was wearing my young blood 85 jersey and you know, we saw some some old St. Louis stuff and some older, you know, like Super Bowl time, and then we saw some, you know, older stuff. I saw another Youngblood jersey there. It was really cool, and uh, we met some met some folks that uh, actually listened to our show, and that was cool. and uh, And we just we love the Rams, we love the crowd that showed up for the Rams and the support, and we appreciate everybody that came and said hi to us. It was really weird too. It was, as we're walking out
2: of the stadium, there's a guy. Who's walking behind us and kind of walking around us? And it was clear he had a little bit to drink. He's so friendly as all get out. He turns around and says, How long have you guys been fans? And Norm pipes up and he's like 1966. And he goes, Yeah, we, we even have our own podcast. And he goes, Which podcast? And we're like Rams talking. He goes, That's you
0: guys? <laughs>
2: That's you? I listen to you guys all the time. I'm taking a picture with him outside of the stadium. And it was really just kind of neat to. See, not only, well, it's, of course, it's nice to see our podcast out there, you know, having people listen to us. And
3: otherwise, I'm not sure why we do this. Well, we feel kind of guilty, though. We didn't ask the guy his name, so we can't oh, shout I know, him out. I know. So we if you're listening, hit us up with a message and let us know who you are, and we'll shout you out yeah, next time. We'd love to shout you out. It was a really the experience overall. Um,
2: but on to the game, because that's really where what we're here for. And yeah, I mean, it's. I think a couple things stand out. To me, what stands out is this defense is much better with Tlaib on the field. I keep Tlaib. That first half in the passing game, him being on the field allowed the Rams to... They sent Marcus Peters in a blitz. Yeah, One of the first plays of the game. Yeah, Yeah, and, and I thought that was really kind of
3: indicative of what this team can do when he's playing compared to when he's not. Yeah, they had him on a pitch count, so he only played the first half. We were a little worried like everybody else, you know, searching Twitter and stuff. But we saw that uh, they had him on a pitch count. He didn't play the second half. But what we did see from him, he looks good. You know, he's not obviously 100% yet, but he's very, very close. Um, I'm sure he'll be ready to go next week against the Bears. The team definitely showed that they had a little bit of a bye hangover, though. Mm -hmm. Goff... uh, you know, we were bragging about him talking in the car on the way there and we had a three and a half hour drive and, uh, we were bragging about how well golf's done this year and how he's made good decisions and how accurate he's been. And then of course we kind of got slapped in the face a little bit when <laughs> he wasn't being very accurate and turned the ball over and threw an interception and almost threw two more interceptions. And so, I mean, it was obviously, you could tell they were a little rusty, uh, but then there were some guys that weren't very rusty, like Aaron Donald. That guy is a beast, and it was so fun to watch him. Every time the game's on the line and we need to play, he's the man. And that's a debate
2: we're going to have to have on another show. But I think right now there is kind of this this thought we're seeing emerge, especially more on social media, where the argument is, can Aaron Donald win the NFL MVP as a defensive player? And – I think there's an argument to be made, and I, I want to try tonight. We're, listen, folks, we're this has been a long day, and that's going to be a, a heck of a debate for us to talk about. But well, this, there's three guys on three the three guys that really we can actually
3: debate with Goff,
2: Gurley and AD. Yeah, um, but I think it's actually a fair debate to have, and especially with the last two games, I mean, he took thing took matters in his own hand, hands in the Cheese game. Did again today. The offense was struggling. Detroit had the momentum. And everything changed in
3: just a matter of seconds with the strip sack. There was like two plays later and Gurley runs it in. I mean, yeah, it changed the whole tone of the game. You could hear it deflate the crowd. And, uh, you know, later in the game, you could hear the crowd was starting to really, the the ones that weren't Rams fans, (laughs) were starting to really show, you know, that they were starting to see some disappointment there but they man they left really early they they, they were still in the game you know, they still had a chance they had three timeouts they were only down by what seven it was 23-16 2:54 left in the game all three timeouts they
2: were getting the ball back and the fans are, i mean and these were fans who pay good money we we yeah we were in good seats we we had good seats this timeout and people just got and left and what the strange thing about it is this Lions team, they've given people problems all year. They beat the Patriots there. They, they beat the Panthers there. Packers. They beat the Packers. They have given teams problems all year. They gave the Rams all kinds of fits today. And it really, to me, as a football fan, is disappointing to see this team just leave, not the team, sorry, the, the fans. I mean, the, I've been around Lions fans. There's some of my family. There's a lot of good fans. It blew my mind to see this pack up and go, you were still in the game.
3: Yeah. It wasn't over in their last. Two rows in front of us basically emptied while they were still in the game. But then, you know, I made a, I, I kind of made fun of them a little bit on a Facebook post. You'll probably see it on the page. But uh, within maybe two or three plays after that, uh, things kind of changed. And then I was like, okay, it's all right for you guys to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um,
2: but on the flip side of that, too, I think we, uh, for, we're a little, this is, Tonight we're a little bit off script. Usually we have a show plan. Tonight we decide just to, just to have a conversation, just to have a football talk, and and so we're off script. We're not going to be totally orderly here in and out on subjects. But the one thing we also noticed because we're we're kind of crapping on Detroit fans a little bit here, but the actual stadium,
3: oh Ford Field. It's one of the nicest stadiums I've ever been in. It was very, very nice. I was very impressed. And just in terms Although their bathrooms aren't big enough, I'll say that.
2: <laughs> Norm has a bathroom story, about, by the way. I'm not sure if we just shared that story. <laughs> well, <I> probably shouldn't <laughs> do should that. With this. Don't worry. Let's, gross just, let's just
3: say I got called a bandwagon fan wearing my Youngblood jersey and my old school LA Rams hat. So I, I had a few words. It was and interesting. And his response was, I think, pretty legendary. <laughs> I
2: mean, so. Um, but. Overall, the the way they serve, like the way that people work there, where people, uh, there was a freaking zipline outside the stadium, where fans could go up and zipline down to to right
3: outside the uh, on the boardwalk there. Um, Well, and we had Detroit fans even congratulating us mm -hmm. after the game. So it wasn't. We're not trying to make it sound bad. It's just, you know, they're in a position to, you know, similar to what we've been in for Mm -hmm. several years, where. You know they have they've had a few good seasons, but for the most part it's been pretty bad there. And so you can't kind of blame them for how they're feeling. But uh, Detroit's a good team. They they seem to play at the level of their opponent, and they've beaten some good teams this year. And they gave the Rams everything they could handle for for three and a half quarters. They're a draft away.
2: I really th- watched that Lions team today. I really think well, two things has to happen they got to get a real, a real offensive coordinator in there because the offensive coordinator they have there just lacked any sort of creativity whatsoever. But also, B, with Detroit, they're really just a draft away. Get a couple of skilled players out there. Um, and we're talking about playoff team. They're not far at all.
3: Yeah, they really several aren't. times today they, they, they kind of gave up on third down. I mean, it's third and long, but they just kind of threw a, a, a quick pass to the wide receiver or, or a screen. And, you know, the crowd was not happy because there was just no creativity and, and no real effort to to do well. If that if they had a little bit more creativity and a, and a, and a better offensive coordinator, they would have given us a lot more run for their money you know, tonight their money, yeah, later than, than, on, yeah. than they did. So. And, you
2: know, 30-16 being the final score is not indicative of how close this game was. The Rams put it away late, and that's something for us to talk about because they they almost gave it away. And the mark of a good team, though, is they fought, they fought through that. And they forced turnovers late. They took the game back from the Lions, and they won. But the Lions gave them everything they can handle. The score 30-16, is not anywhere near indicative of how tough they played this Rams team. And so, props to to the Lions for that. And again, that stadium is amazing.
3: Well, They're that Mad, that Madden moment too with Gurley was kind of interesting. You know, when you're when you're playing Madden and you're you're up and it's just about you know, game over or halftime, and you need to run out a little time, and Gurley was literally doing Madden moves when he got the long run. <laughs> He's running he up literally the ran line. horizontal with the goal line, <laughs> and was trying not to score a touchdown, which we were kind of looking at each other like, well, is that really necessary right now? But it, it did actually help. They wasted they wasted a little bit more time off the clock. They made Detroit use some timeouts, and they still ended up punching it. and he still got the touchdown. So the fantasy fans for him don't have to be upset, Yeah, right. and it still turned out all right, but it was interesting to see. The thing with that call, too, is at the time, I'm telling
2: Norm, I'm thinking maybe maybe Todd just thought there was less time the clock than there actually was because if they score there, the game's done. It's over. They put it away. as 30-16. They don't, they don't have to worry about it anymore. But in the end, we, we were looking up online on the way home in this long freaking drive home. We're looking up you know things McVeigh had to say, and apparently – it was done on purpose. So they they got down the two minute warning. They score on third down, and Detroit has no timeouts left. And well, but that's then it.
3: Detroit still did drive down the field, all the way down the field, thanks to a couple of really bad calls by the officials. And uh, Joiner ends up inter- or not Joiner Troy Hill ends up intercepting it in the uh, end zone to to seal it. So they did have a chance to go down and score, so it really wasn't completely put away, and that kind of made the, the move with Gurley on the goal line a little more reasonable and why they did it.
2: You you keep going back to giving. You want to, you just
3: want to give LaMarcus sort of that interception. No, I, <laughs> I, I, for some reason I had his number stuck in my head. But no, <laughs> so, I, my boy Troy Hill, I, you know, former Oregon, I, I, I got to give him props. Who quietly had a good game, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he did have a very good game. So,
2: hey, before we move
3: on, we just want to go
2: give a shout-out to our sponsor, Jim Hawk. He just an amazing job for us and thanks a lot jim here you go most of us are practically addicted to anything los angeles rams well if you want to learn more about the rams history with a bit of personal touch check out jim hawk's hollywood's team grit glamour and the 1950s los angeles rams the book tells the story of the 1950s rams through the lens of jim's dad john who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957 Check out a son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Craigslist Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at Hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at Hollywoodsteam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form on Amazon on Barnes & Noble. You can also find Team through various other booksellers on the net. Everyone... I've read this book cover to cover. So has Norm and Johnny. It's well worth every penny for all Rams fans out there. But it's also a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, folks, trust me. Check it out. Hollywood's team. Great glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth it. All right, so getting into the game here, um, kind of backing up. That first half, we mentioned Jared Goff wasn't himself, and... Yet, surprisingly, when we went to halftime, the Rams had, over Was it, I want to say it was like 219 total yards or something like that. It was pretty dominant. It just didn't look crisp at all.
3: What was your take on the first half from what you saw? Well, yeah, Goff wasn't accurate at all. Um, you know, and he doesn't throw too many interceptions, but he ended up throwing, you know, I don't know if it was a miscue with, you know, between him and, and Brandon Cooks or, you know, if, if he was just rushed or what but he overthrew him by 15 yards and uh, it was an easy interception so you know we obviously saw that but you could tell he wasn't on target with his passes he didn't look as comfortable in the pocket and even later in the second half you know he still didn't look as comfortable He, he was being a little more accurate but then you know he almost threw two pick sixes to defensive ends and linebackers back to back there which was pretty scary so I'm sure it's just the fact that they've had two weeks off and you know, got to knock some rest off.
2: I think the Lions also recognized they were rusty and went for the gut. I mean, they really did. They uh, they really put the pressure on him, especially in third quarter. And he was making mistakes that we haven't seen him make in a while. It was a uh, really interesting. The, the, the pass rush, I thought, for the Lions was better than what we expected. We knew that Anza will we'll get in there. Uh, but it was more than just Anza. They, they, re- they really caused the Rams problems – in that way, I'd say the offensive line was not its best today, at least in pass uh in pass protection and running. They they struggled early and over the course of the game the running game got stronger and stronger, but man, uh they really with really, the they didn't say anything more about it. That the
3: Lions did a good job getting after golf. Well, you could tell that the Lions were ready to play and the Rams were a little rusty. I mean, it was really obvious to me. It was so
2: I mean, there's not really a whole lot else we can say about it. The defense, I thought, looked real sharp. The early, oh, that first Lions drive, got a couple nice runs on the Rams, and then they really kind of just shut it down. The Lions barely got over 100 yards in the first half, 12 yards. But then we get to the third quarter. And the Rams had a couple opportunities early in that corner to put this game away, and the Lions stuffed it. They stuffed it, they stuffed it down. And...
3: Before we knew it, you and I were getting nervous. Yeah, you know, I I told you that Derek had never been to a Rams game where they won. So I promised you all if the Rams, you know, looked like they were going to lose, I was going to smack Derek and throw him over my shoulder and carry him out of the stadium. And it it was looking like I was going to have to smack him there, but... (laughs) Uh, then, then it then things changed, and Derek got lucky, and he got to stay, and we ended up with the win. See, he's a little bit off, though. It's been, it had it had been six years since I've been to a Rams victory. <laughs> six years, and before that,
2: I had never been to a Rams win. So, I mean, that that's a really rough streak. I'm forty freaking years old. <laughs> I've been to one Rams victory. The the thing about that game, though, was what the Lions did really well, and the, and the Rams have shown this weakness throughout the year. Is they the Rams have a hard time covering tight ends, and they don't really know what to do on the short crap. They really struggle in that five-yard area from the line of scrimmage at making plays. And sooner or later, if that problem isn't solved, there's going to be some issues for the Rams there. They've been able to withstand thus far, but it's going to be a problem. It's, it really is. The Seahawks give them problems with that stuff as well, and those are... Very. That was a very close game. I think we may be talking about a different result if the Lions didn't have half their offense injured. Carry on Johnson's out. They're down to their was it third or fourth string receiver after Kenny Galladay.
3: It was they they're hurt. They're pretty beat up. Well, but, one of Detroit's game plans was to keep the ball offensively as long as they could, you know, time of possession wise to slow the Rams down, and you could definitely feel that in the stadium. You know where it was. It seemed like Detroit's drives took forever, and the Rams' drives took like thirty seconds, and they were over. Good result or bad? Yeah. But uh, one thing I want to do. We weren't going to talk much on stats, but Goff was uh, seventeen of thirty-three. So again, it wasn't you know a real accurate night for him. And and give Detroit's secondary credit. They played well. He had two hundred and seven yards, a touchdown, an interception. Todd Gurley had 23 carries for 132 yards and two touchdowns. So tonight was Todd Gurley's night. And Detroit's no slouch to rush on. So props to Todd and the offensive line for doing a good job. And as far as receiving, our top two receivers were Robert Woods with five receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown of Brandon Cooks with four receptions for 62 yards. The thing, too, about... Gurley, as you and I were talking at the end of the third quarter, I'm saying run the ball.
2: It's only got 17 carries, run the ball, and I wanted to see him around 25 carries. They came close, and that's what put it away in the end. They were able to pound the ball away. When the game went to halftime, it was, I think, almost a two to one advantage in time and possession for the Rams over the Lions, and then the Lions dominated time and possession in that second quarter, sorry third quarter, and brought it all the way back. So. It was exactly what the Lions wanted. They had, they were really just kind of ticky tack, ticky tack, just get down the field little by little, and all of a sudden this game was super close again, and it made it made us nervous. I looked over at Norm at one point, and he was, his face was red. He, I, I'm sitting here just talking, and he wasn't. He got to the point where he wasn't talking anymore. He was getting ticked because this is not the Rams team he's been seeing all year, and. A few minutes later, the game changed again. Thank gosh! But um... (laughs) he even
3: said, "Dude, are are you ticked off?" And I said, "Yep." And he said, "I'll (laughs) shut up now." (laughs) Well, if you want to listen to team stats real quick, the the stats are indicative on how the game was. See, there I used a a large word for me. Are you impressed? Indicative.
2: Well, it's because I had a. (laughs) Yeah, it's because I'm hanging around you.
3: (laughs) So uh, total yards, Rams had three forty four. Detroit had three ten. Uh, Passing yards, they outpassed us 208 to 195 yards. Rushing yards, we had 149. They had 102. So pretty darn close all the way around in that respect. Third down efficiency, we went uh, 45%. This is where the Rams' D kicked in. Detroit was 16%. So it it wasn't that apparent in the game at times, but the Rams did do a very good job on, on third down and time of possession Rams 28 minutes 16 seconds Detroit 31 minutes 44 seconds so it was a little over almost 4 minutes difference which is closer than it felt like but in the reality the Rams hit the ball
2: for I think like it was I think it was around 8 minutes in the second half yeah and, and Detroit really just i it they they didn't run a whole lot of plays they just held on the ball took their time kept the Rams offense off the field. They saw the Rams offense was out of sync. They kept them out of sync by keeping them off the field. And this is how this is this is a blueprint on how to beat the Rams right now is just slow them down. They the, the Rams are a fast-paced team. They like to move. And you don't give the Rams that opportunity, it really
3: knocks them out of sync and that's what the Lions did and it darn near worked. Well, and I mean, the first half for the Rams was was uh, six plays punt. Next time was uh, 10 plays field goal. Next time, four plays golf interception. Next time, 12 plays touchdown, which is what we were starting to expect to see. Next series was six plays in the field goal, and that was our first half. I mean, that's that does not sound like the Rams that we've been watching, and I, and I think a lot of that had to do with the bye. And, and the bye may me nervous.
2: We talked about it before. The bye maybe be because this team didn't really spend two weeks working on stuff. They actually took a week off for Thanksgiving. And that's totally understandable, by the way. But you're paying a price. You left the game for a week when you've been playing every, every day. And all of a sudden you come back and you're preparing for a, a huge game in terms of your playoff aspirations. Or you can win the division if you win this game. On the road. It's, and, folks, that place was loud. Very. That place was loud. The Detroit fans, the ones that were there almost the whole way through, they were loud. I think that the decibels were... 112. 112, 115 even. Yeah. Uh, it could have been louder. There are some points in that third quarter especially where it was... that I, You can't blame the Rams' offense for having some struggles there. Hopefully this is the, the kind of game where the Rams get a little bit more into their belt. And it's a mark of a good team. They they were in trouble. They came back. They retook control of the game,
3: and they pulled it out in the end. And uh, after the golf fumble, that. that's when things were looking pretty bleak. But mm-hmm. then Aaron Donald turned it back around for us later on. So it turned out all right. You know, one thing we haven't said so far: congratulations to the Rams for oh. uh, winning the NFC West Championship and- tonight. And I meant to lead in with that. I know it's it's <laughs> just we're we're kind of brain dead, folks. Uh, we've been yelling and screaming and driving through the rain three and a half hours each way, and you know mm-hmm. how it all goes. But uh, the Rams are the first team to lock up their division with four games left, so we're back to back NFC West champions. Feels pretty darn good.
2: And the last time the Rams have won back to back division titles,
3: all right, Mister History
2: Guy. Oh, uh, well, let's see. They didn't do it. Let's see, ninety nine. 2001, so they didn't do it back to back there. 2001, 2003. So I gotta go 78 and 79. Yeah, it seems about right. Since they've done it, and that was when they were on their famous. The one, it was a one-time NFL record, seven times in a row. So it's been it's been that long, and I think part of us, you know, we've been there and done that now at this team, especially you, but. For the Lions fans who are there, we can actually feel for them. Uh, that team that, that's a team that's been through it, I think, even worse than we have over the years.
3: And, um, man. And, boy, did they ever give Sue hell. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Every time Sue made a tackle, it was the Boo Birds came out, and they were booing at about 100 decibels.
2: And the, well, when he had the horse collar?
3: Yeah. Oh, boy.
2: Yeah. Gee, so, hey, congratulations to the Rams, to our Rams, to our Los Angeles Rams on this uh been a heck of a journey this year and the last two years it's been amazing the rams in the last two years now are are combined 22 and 6 in their in those 28 games and that's that's more than we i think we bargained for that's pretty stellar yeah yeah so other things about the game that stood out to you well let's let's go ahead and and talk old ram real quick and and we'll start the this show out
4: now it's time to give a shout out to our long time sponsor the golden ram barbershop if you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like that old-school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at one three seven five five Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Sal Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day that they left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at seven one four eight nine four Rams or seven one four eight nine four seven two six seven. Use the promo code RamsTalk so he knows that we sent you to get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ring Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. It's it's like a shrine to the Rams, like a Hall of Fame to the Rams in a barbershop. But it, Sal also provides that really nice old-school barbershop experience, talking Rams football and more. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. Sal even managed to make me, Derek, and Johnny look good and appear, well, somewhat normal.
2: All right, a couple of things before we move on. First, folks, uh, those of you who won the trivia, the trivia contest you're having, if you have not received your book, please send me an email at Ramstop 1945 at gmail.com. at person – email me earlier this week saying asking about the book and then like, well, I've mailed it, man. So let me know. Please let me know. It's rams talk1945 at gmail.com. Also, if you want to sponsor us, if you want to work with us and, and you know, advertise with us, we'd, really, uh, we'd love to do business with you. So email us, rams talk1945 at gmail.com. Also, you can give us, a, leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to go. It's all nice and updated. It's got some beautiful artwork by... Norm Hightower, which means just likely in stick figures. And, hmm. and, and I think he's too tired to whack me right I now. I was going to say, we're,
3: <laughs> we're sitting right next to each other, brother. I think you're you're pushing your luck here. It's like
2: he's just too, you know, like too tired to raise his arm. But seriously, we um, put some work into it. So uh, check it out, please. It's <laughs> rainstalk1945 at gmail.com. So I guess the question I want to ask you, I think I know the answer, who gets your game ball
3: or game balls? Well, tonight... For sure, it's A.D., Aaron Donald. Uh, Pivotal moment of the game. Rams lost momentum. Detroit's got the chance to come back and and actually tie it or even take the lead. And uh, I I even said to Derek, we need a strip fumble right here. Mm -hmm. And right on cue, Aaron Donald just blows right through the line and causes the fumble. We get the ball, and a few plays later, Gurley runs it in for a touchdown. So... I'm going to have to go on the defensive side of the ball and, and overall Aaron Donald on the offensive side of the ball. We haven't needed him as much lately, but tonight we definitely needed him Todd Gurley, uh, you know, well over a hundred yards rushing. It was tough going in the, in the beginning of the game, you know, he was netting one or two yards of carry, but as the game went on and you could see the defense tiring out and, you know, it was the perfect time for some of the play calls. He gutted it out and, he killed it, so I'm gonna have to go with uh, our two of our figureheads with Aaron Donald and Todd Gurley. I hate to agree with you. I usually
2: try and find different folks to give the game ball to, but this time it's so obvious. Aaron Donald just he took the game over when when the Rams needed him to take it over, and that's really why I think there's a sufficient argument at this point to at least say you know maybe he needs to be considered one of the rare NFL defensive players. To be considered for most five player, I think it's time to at least add in the conversation because he takes over games, and uh, that's what we did tonight. That's exactly what we did tonight. When it looked like this Lions team was about ready to go ahead and take the lead here, it was all of a sudden total flip the switch, and uh, we're pretty. I was it was a really nice <laughs> player, by the way. Just he always does it. It's never fail. Uh, Todd Gurley. He was getting stuffed quite a bit, especially in that first half. The Rams, for once, really kept at it. They, we oftentimes get frustrated with the Rams for moving away from the running game. And I was even a little frustrated. 17 carries through three quarters. I wanted him to have the ball more. And really in that fourth quarter, just the continued effort to, to give him the ball really broke free, and we saw him dominate the latter part of that game. Um, but I think there's one other person I believe really deserves an honorable mention here. We, we mentioned that Aqib Tlaib was on a snap count. And he basically, only played the first half. Troy Hill, the much maligned Troy Hill, <laughs> came out in the second half and really had a nice day and helped. When that secondary was struggling at times, especially in the third quarter, that come fourth quarter, he'll play like we know he can. And he is so frustrating because we know he can be a starter in this league. He has the ability to, but then he
3: gets... Has his moments. He has his moments. It's
2: like a, a kid with a squirrel. You know, It just, squirrel, 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 squirrel. <laughs> He's gone. And, you know, even when Peters went out briefly, I'm sitting there going, oh, great. And we ended up holding him to a field goal. Yeah, yeah. And so Troy Hill deserves a little bit of mention there as well. It was nice to see him have a good game and... I think the secondary overall had a really nice game.
3: Well, and, and honestly, I, I think I'd give a game ball to the Rams fans in Detroit because they showed up in force tonight, and it was really great to see.
2: And that's, and that's a really huge thing for us. You know, we've, we've been watching this team for a long time. and Also, want to throw a shout-out to St. Louis fans. There it's definitely some of the St. Louis fans who made the trip. They were wearing the old colors and some of the older jerseys with the older players, and you knew they were – you could tell. And they were there cheering just as loud as anybody else. We even so.
4: saw a
3: Super Bowl hat.
2: Yeah, a Super Bowl hat with a with a Warner jersey. Yeah. So Warner was a Falky hat. Oh yeah, Falk. I think yes. it was Falk. Yeah. But so there are several fans from St. Louis who still stuck with the team and you know for the longest time the LA fans um, got picked at for staying LA fans. And um, now the St. Louis fans are staying. Some of them are staying St. Louis fans. And it's great to see that there's true. Sometimes it's not just about the city. It's about the logo and the team and the, and, the, and uh, what you really are looking after. And uh, what you're looking after is Rams, the straight Rams.
3: Well, we haven't got much news since we've gotten back. But a couple of things to keep an eye on. Malcolm Brown appeared to injure his shoulder uh, in the first half. He was gone probably beginning or yeah, I think it was beginning of second quarter, and we didn't see him the rest of the game. He was in street clothes second half. And uh, Peters did roll. It looked like an ankle. Uh, but he did go back in a couple plays later. So I think he'll probably be okay. But we need to keep an eye on the injury report for those things.
2: Well, also curious, you know, they said Talib was on a snap count. We want to kind of keep an eye on and see how he's feeling. Overall, though, you know, these games always feel like they're injury traps waiting to happen. And I think the Rams actually got out of there pretty scot free. The, the Rams are actually pretty deep at running back behind. I, I believe Malcolm Brown can be a starter in this league, but Justin Davis and we saw what John Kelly can do in the preseason. I'm not too worried if he's out for a while. I just hope that Malcolm Brown is uh, back quickly. And for all we know, it's a little something something. We couldn't find anything online at all about Malcolm Brown. We just know eventually we just found out he was out. And that was really out of the shoulder injury. No more details. And I haven't had a chance yet to get catch up on the press conference post game, so uh, we'll we'll ease up on that and we'll add it for the next show. But as of right now,
3: uh, we all know what it is. Well, and <clears throat> overall, you know, it was a fun game to watch. Uh, a lot of action. You know, we're we're not going to really do any down playing or any bad stuff tonight but there were a couple of uh, bad calls on the officials both directions not 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 only on our side but on theirs uh, and it was pretty bad so hopefully the NFL gets that figured out but that seems to be an ongoing problem and then last uh, on the way home we heard that uh, Mike McCarthy got fired from the Packers so uh, apparently they're going to be looking for a new head coach next season.
2: It's about time they fired McCarthy.
3: Yeah, I think so too. I think it was time.
2: So, in in terms of, well, first backing up, you know, McCarthy, that was a long time coming. Do the Packers raid the Rams' staff? I think it's a question we're going to want to ask. And you know how it goes. New new up and coming teams, they like to raid those staffs. So will Will the Packers try and make that move? And. Also, now it's time to start talking about a different game. That's going to be the Bears game coming up. Next Sunday night in the cold, the Bears coming off a close loss in a game they really should have won. Without and, uh, Trubisky. And they did without Trubisky. So um, those are the things come up. with well, the Rams, who are a little bit off this week get Sharp in a hurry for another road game in the uh, Great American Midwest. It's going to be interesting to see.
3: Yeah. It's almost like they should just stay here and practice here because Detroit's just right up the road from Chicago. So. Well, the 49ers
2: used to do that. Yeah. I mean, actually, I live uh, in Youngstown, and, and that's where, actually where uh, Ada Bartlett's headquarters is, and they have a big 49ers sign. I like to go by and, you know, say mean things to it every once in a while. But, anyways, that's beyond point. And <laughs> but they would come and stop and practice in Youngstown in those, in those trips where they had to stay in the relative same, same relative area. So, I wonder if the Rams considered that or if they just go home. I'm not sure.
3: Nothing's yeah, really been said yet. I'm, I'm not sure either, but. And thanks to the Detroit fans for being cordial, I didn't have to beat anybody up, you know, for picking on Derek. So that worked out well.
2: Well, one try picking
3: on you. Yeah, it was funny. But <laughs> if y'all want to know, I uh, I can tell the story on Facebook.
2: But... No, tell a story. Just don't use that exact language.
3: Uh, all right. So I was uh, coming out of the restroom with my, like I said, my old school young blood jersey on and my old school Rams hat on which a couple people asked where I got the hat. I ordered it online, so I don't remember quite where, so sorry for that. But uh, I walked out of the restroom, and uh, a gentleman that had a few too many uh, was standing there, and he said, uh, well, here comes a a bandwagoner, and was looking at me. And I just chuckled and said, well, uh, uh, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) i got to figure out how to word this. I've been a Rams fan probably longer than when your daddy started getting hair on certain body parts. <laughs> and not only did he look shocked, but the whole crowd just started laughing, and the Detroit fans were slapping him going, dude, you just got burned. <laughs> so, but other than that, it was really cordial. Even, even when they were being a little bit antagonized with the Who's House, I mean, not only were they doing it at the end of the game in the stands, but... <laughs> They were doing it all throughout the aisleways, out of the stadium, and out on the streets. So it was uh, it was pretty loud and proud for the Rams. And I didn't see anybody getting beat up or anything. So uh, you know, props to Detroit for for keeping their temperature down. Obviously, it was a it was a big game for us, winning the NFC West Championship, and a lot of Rams fans were extremely happy, even after a tough game. So thanks, thanks Detroit for putting on a good show. And by the way, just to add on the whole Rams house thing, there was actually a
2: couple Lions fans who joined in <laughs> on the chant, but they were for- saying Lions house, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was pretty funny. And, and um, but overall, I just uh, games like today are what the NFL is supposed to be about. You know, it was a it was a tough game, a really nice venue, a really I I, I can't say enough good things about the atmosphere for football in that place and then we restored like about Kareem Hunt in the NFL and we saw some news brick on that tonight and one just NFL fixed that crap okay and then we but the guess is what the game was about games like today is what it's about yeah the hard fought games and and keep it like that that's what it needs to be and I'm so thankful that we got to be there for that well that's I think that about wraps wraps it up. up so we do have still plenty of things to talk about but you know quite frankly um i'm tired and cranky and so is norm so we'll be with you again midweek we have brandon hazelip from the bears brothers on for our preview show uh we'll get into aaron donaldson we'll get into other things as well and in the meantime check us out on facebook at facebook.com forward slash talk for our facebook page also we have the group Rams talk room which by the way is growing by leaps and bounds Follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams. You can follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can follow Norm at Norm Hightower. Now, yes, he even tweeted a couple times today. I could not believe it. <laughs> and uh, so there you go. Don't forget, you can find us on all those different outlets: iTunes, Spotify. Jeez, where else are we? SoundCloud, Stitcher. We're everywhere, folks. IEB Radio. Yeah, IEB Radio our, airs our shows on Wednesdays, Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And man, alive. Um, they're bound to have some good shows this week from our boys over at butting heads that Stephen Joint check them out this week as well. In our in our, our geez, our the brothers. The hip the hipsters. The hipsters. <laughs> you know, you call them the hipsters. All of a sudden we're gonna have some trash talking between the shows now. <laughs> Rampage Radio, who put on a great show as well. Well you got the buttheads and the hipsters. The buttheads and the hipsters. <laughs> oh boy. norm is starting to war. I'm not sure I want involved in this one. That's but all right. I, I can handle it. You can handle it. Anyways, there you go, folks. For Norm Tower, this is Derek C. Paula, Rams win 316. 16 NSC West champions again. Do you want to play some one more time? Woo! Woo is right. <laughs> We're out of here. Adios. Take it easy.
1: Can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Proud throws it down. Where else is your own city home to your biggest rival? The battle
0: of the lake is
1: real, people.
0: And 30 feet is still in range.
1: Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA. Only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.